remain standing, I would like to ask you to do something for me. I need all the teenagers quit talking. All the teenagers quit talking. You're in church, big church now. You listen to me. You understand? Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. If you have a cell phone, would you please check it and turn it off? It will go off at the wrong time, always does. And so I want you to um, help me. Brother Dan, I need you up there. I need you up there. Whether he has a Bible or not, I've asked him to go up there. Go up there and help him, okay? He's a new Christian. He needs to, I'm going to turn to a lot of places. He's going to need your help. If you see one of our people, uh, you see somebody without a Bible, share your Bible with them, please. They're going to need this this morning. One verse, Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 27. I will read out loud. You follow along with me silently. But we'll read this together. Hebrews, way up by Revelation, heading in that direction. Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 27. As it is appointed unto men once to die. There's no period there. And after this, the judgment. Father, thank you for the Bible. I ask you to please help us this morning. Have your way in our hearts. Calm us down, please. There's nothing more important than hearing the word of God taught or preached. So help us, please, to show reverence and respect for the word of God. Thank you for all the folks that are here. I ask you to bless, please. May they receive what they need from you, not what they think they need. Thank you for all you've done for us and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. silent as the judge walked in order in the court I was on trial for my sin the Holy Spirit brought me forward and he began to make his plea as the judge carefully listened found me guilty. Now the verdict, it was guilty, and I had to pay. The sentence, it was death, for there was no other way. And as they began to son stood up and said, well, there's something I must say. There is some evidence that I have for this case. He said with a big, big smile on his face, death is required let there be no mistake for the price was paid on Calvary when I took his place and I thank God it was settled 
peace has been dismissed in my heart. There's no debate for the judge. He signed my pardon, saved by grace. Yes, my God, he signed my pardon, saved by grace. Thank you. Go ahead. Be seated. Thank you. It's a joy to hear, it's a joy to hear and see someone who has been saved a long time ago, still serving the Lord and doing what's right. Um, Jordan, fellow you just heard sing here, mommy help me with the kids please, um, was born here in this church and uh, the night his mommy gave birth and uh, watched over, I tried to straighten him out folks and pray for me. What a blessing. Now, this is his wife playing piano, and they're on their fourth child. They had a long way to go. Uh, their fourth child, and uh, just pleased to have him here. By the way, we have other people that grew up here. Some of our folks are gone. Um, Abigail grew up here since she was like eight, 11 years old. Um, looking around. How old were you? How old was he, Mommy? Seventeen, so a year ago, he started coming here a year ago. This isn't right. Something, something's not. Turn one off. Turn one on. Something's not right here, huh? How old? A far cry from seventeen, brother. Let's see who else is here. She was two when she came here. David came here. You were just going to college, weren't you, David? Headed off to college. And so all of your girls, including David, were born here, right? And so his whole family was born here. Um, I'm looking. Now I'm going to pass somebody and go, Preacher, don't you remember me? Um, I'm trying not to, but we figured something out. It's just a blessing. Most people don't stick around to, to watch the blessings of all of the work and all the things that God has done in folks' life. And so the Bible says you shall reap what you sow. And so you've sown stuff if you faint not. There's a season for it. You've got to stick around long enough to see the Lord bring it back into your life and be a blessing to you. And that's also the substance, a lot of it, of faith. Faith has substance. So that's not what I'm talking to you about this morning. I want you to go to Romans chapter number 3. Now, you're going to need your Bible quite a bit this morning. I want to talk to you about, listen to this carefully, sin and judgments, plural. Judgments, not the judgment. Big misunderstanding about a general judgment. Uh, Catholic movies teach this. Uh, a lot of false cults teach this. A lot of ignorance teach this. There's one judgment. And I want to explain, because there's so much confusion about this, 
uh, we worry, we, we always wonder, what about sin? What about sin? What about sin? What about sin? I, I'm going to try to explain this to you this morning. So um, I'm hoping this will make sense to you. It made sense to me, but I've been at it a little longer than some people, and sometimes I may overlook some things. Romans chapter number 3. Romans chapter number 3. The Bible teaches, now watch what I keep saying. I'm going to say this six or seven times, the Bible teaches. So this isn't, that's what you believe. No, the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter number 3 and verse number 23, all have sinned. Now all, whether it's in Greek, Latin, whether it's in Hebrew, still means, you won't believe this, all. Okay, that's why we come here to learn deep stuff, all right? And so the Bible teaches in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. The Bible teaches in Romans 3.10, there is none good, no, not one. So, now today I understand nobody's really a sinner anymore. We're just not as good as we'd like to be. Till you face sin, you're never going to get saved. You've got to quit making excuse for what God says that we are. So the Bible clearly says in Romans 3.10, For there is none righteous, none good, if you would, no, not one. The Bible teaches there is a penalty for sin. So the Bible teaches that we've sinned. Everybody has. The Bible teaches we've all come short of the glory of God. All of us have. The Bible uses the word all, none, all inclusive. Then the Bible teaches that there is a penalty for sin, and it's eternal death and separation from God in hell. The Bible teaches that. You say, I, I, I don't go along with that. The Bible teaches that. Go to Romans chapter number 5, verse number 12. Romans chapter number 5, <coughs> excuse me, and verse number 12. Here's the reason that's a true statement and God tells us. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Now, you have to believe the Bible because Adam sinned. Eve was deceived. Adam sinned. And because of that, all the world, which would be us, were plunged into a sinful nature. Because of that, we cannot go to heaven the way we are. So the Bible said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, therefore death passed by. You want to know why you're dying? Because of sin. Doctors are never going to find an answer for this. I don't want to think about death. Oh, you think about it or not, it's coming. The Bible teaches Jesus Christ paid a penalty for sin. Not you, not me. Jesus did that. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah, Old Testament, one of the larger books in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter number 53, very quickly, we're going to read right down through this. This is a prophecy of what Jesus will do in the future. Future from this prophecy, okay? Not future from us. Watch what it says here in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are here, healed. Now, if you're charismatic, that's all you care about. Verse number 6. We, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears are dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He is taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He, was, he made his grave with the wicked. 
people who died on Calvary were considered to be very wicked, capital offense type people. And with the rich, he was buried in a rich man's tomb. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet the Lord, talking about Jehovah God, bruised him, talking about Jesus, he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord, Jehovah God, shall prosper in his, Jesus' hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, God, Jehovah, shall see the travail of Jesus' soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So we find out that God sent his son to bear the iniquities, the sins of all people. And we've already established by the word of God, and more and more if you wanted to, how that all have sinned, all have come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all gone our own way. It's our iniquities, our sins, our behavior that caused Jesus to have to go. We did not make him go. Nobody could have made him go. He said, no man taketh my life, I lay it down. And so the Bible says here, the Bible teaches that though Jesus is the lamb, the only begotten of the Father, the only way, the truth, and the life, he is all of that. When a person refuses to accept Jesus as Savior, you cannot be justified. You cannot be right with God. He became the justifier. If I do not receive him, I cannot have my sins justified before God. See, there's this penalty for what we do. I know you think like in today's society, you should be able to go to college, run up $100,000, and somebody should pay for it. God's even against that principle. But now when it comes to your sin, which is eternal and will condemn you, there is, God said, look, let me make this very simple. It's not confusing. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number 7. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to go there yet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my, my bad. Many refused Jesus. Now he said, you're a sinner, on and on and on. Jesus died for sins, for you, on and on and on. Explains all of that, if you would. Yet many will refuse Jesus. God's only answer for your sin and your punishment to go and establish their own self-righteousness. You see, today, again, I'll say it, we're not, we're not sinners. We're just not living everything. We're not perfect people. So we're making excuses so we don't have to agree with God. God said all have sinned. He uses that word. God said your sin and iniquity have separated between you and your God. On and on and on the Bible goes. God's not trying to be mean. God is trying to be honest. Amen. Not trying to be. God is honest and showing you where you stand with him without Jesus Christ. Go to Romans chapter number 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 10. <coughs> Romans chapter 10 and verse number 3. Romans chapter 10, verse number 3. Are we there? Yeah, everybody's raised up in the Christian church. Yeah, I got it all ready. You got it before I got it out of my mouth. It always kills me about Christian kids. Okay, let's all stand and turn to it. I'm already at John, preacher. And I'm thinking, come on. And the guy who just gets started, he gets embarrassed like, man, I don't even know where John is. What am I supposed to do here? And so being raised the way I was without Christ and having to learn this, I understand what it's like to sit in a crowd where everybody goes, I'm there. And you're thinking, oh, good grief, I look like an idiot here. No, you look like a baby Christian learning is what you look like. And that's fine, okay? So watch what happens here in Romans chapter 10, verse number 3. For they being ignorant, we're talking about a lot of people going around trying to make themselves righteous enough that God will accept them. 
Watch what the Bible, watch what the Bible, watch what the Word of God said. Not what Baptists believe. This is the Word of God. I got a King James Bible. Hopefully you got a King James Bible. You say one's as good as another, so you haven't really been taught. We'll teach you that. You hang around. Verse number three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of right, working to be right to everyone that believeth. You cannot work your way to heaven. If you stopped all the sin and wrong in your life, you still have a nature of sin that you inherited, which is enough to send you to hell. Okay, So what we have here, the Bible teaches getting to heaven is easy for us. It's not confusing at all. All of this confusion, the Bible says confusion is not of God. It's not of God. So somebody's causing the confusion on something God made very simple. Realize you're a sinner. I am the Savior. Ask me to forgive you. Become your Savior. By your own will, let me into your heart. Done deal. We have all kinds of confusion about this, and I'm hoping to make you understand or help you understand this this morning. So it's not confusing. It's not like there's this broad way and we're trying our best to figure it out and who knows, maybe it's this turn or maybe I need to go back this way. Maybe so It's not like a broad way. It's kind of straight and narrow and, and, and very just right there it is, right there. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter number 7. You know, a lot of people are starting to come to church for entertainment now. They're not coming to church to learn Bible and live for God. They're coming to be entertained. Now, I am very entertaining. Isn't that good? I just danced in the spirit. How about that? You missed it. You missed it. Okay. Matthew chapter... One person clapped. Thank you very much. Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse number 13. Matthew chapter number 7. Verse number 13. I'm at six. I'm sorry. There we go. Matthew 7, verse number 13. You've heard this before, and the way you read it is broad. It's so broad, you never know who can find it and who can't. That's not the interpretation of this at all. Watch what he says. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Okay, there's this gate, and it's very straight. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. He said the thing that leads people to destruction, it's broad, it's confusing. There's a lot of inroads, outroads, turnarounds, U-turns, who knows, potholes, you name it. It's all out, very confusing. Which way is right? Which way am I supposed to go? And many there be in that go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. The devil's got you so confused. Well, I think... Well, I was told, well, you know, and nobody's picking up the Bible to find out what God has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, God gave us a book. Well, I don't believe the Baptist way. I don't care whether you believe the Baptist way or not. That's why I said the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. You take that up with the Lord. So Christ offered himself a sacrificial payment for our sin. He said, I will make the payment for the world's sin. Jesus did that. The reason no other man can do that, because they were also born in sin. Jesus was the only one never having a sinful nature, and he's also called the righteousness of God. So if I'm going to be right with God, I have to have Christ as my Savior. Does that make sense? So listen, Christ did not only, I'm sorry, Christ did not, go, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. Way up in New Testament. Hebrews chapter number 9. <clears throat> Why did Jesus have to go to a cross to begin with? Payment needed to be made. 
God said, by the way, you have life because of the blood that's in you. You can put bones here and brains here. Something had to fall. Brains here. You can put uh, fingers over here, intestines over here, feet over here, and it still doesn't have life. You can have all the parts. It has no life. The Bible said even with Adam and God breathed into Adam the breath of life. Adam became a living soul. That's what makes you living. So you have to understand something here. God said when Adam sinned, man is a three-part being. Theologians call that a tripartite, three-part being, body, soul, spirit. When Adam, look up here, we pay a lot for these, these props. Watch it. When Adam sinned, their spirit, the Bible said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Physically, they did not die immediately. Spiritually, they died immediately. Physically, eventually. Death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So now he did not die, but spiritually, his spirit, in the New Testament, Jesus went to a woman at Samaria and said, the, the, now is, the day is coming and now is when the true worshipers must worship the Lord in spirit. This part's got to come alive. And in truth. Both spirit and truth. So the devil's got us believing if we're just good and we'll make up Bible. I have word of prophecy. I feel this way. An angel talked to me. I'm fine with all that if it's Bible. If it's Bible. But the fact of the matter is that God can't talk to a lot of people. This part is still dead in you. Until you are born again, the Spirit of God comes into a man and quickens. That means makes alive his spirit. Now he told the woman there that if the true worship is going to worship me in spirit, this has got to come alive and you've got to go by truth. Are you listening to me? Okay, so watch what happens here. In Hebrews, now go to Hebrews uh, chapter number 9, verse number 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy place. A lot of people don't like Hebrews. I love the book of Hebrews. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. What does that mean? Jesus in the Old Testament gave the illustration of what has to happen in heaven. What happened down here with the tabernacle was a shadow, not the true, was a shadow of the true. So when you see the priest come in before God with a sacrifice, this is kind of what's going to have to happen in heaven. He said, this is the shadow of the true. Jesus did not enter into the tabernacle made with hands. Watch what he says, verse 25. He said now to appear, he said, which is a figure of the true, but into heaven itself, verse 24, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25, nor yet that he should offer himself, what? Often? So let me just interject this right now. If you can be saved and lost and saved and lost and saved and lost, Jesus would have to actually die for you often, wouldn't he? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11 there, it said that God will not put his son to an open shame again. That was done one time. What if I sin? That's the part I want to talk to you about. Go, if you would please, to Hebrews 9.27. Christ did not, Christ did this not only to save men from hell. This is important. He didn't just save you from hell. He wanted to do this to save you also from judgment. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but there's no period there. After that, what? The judgment. The judgment. Here is where much confusion comes in. 
everyone will die and everyone will go to a judgment, but not the same judgment. There is no general judgment. I want to destroy that myth this morning if I can. There are actually, the way that I read it, at least five or six major judgments in the Bible. No general judgment. No one is going to go to heaven. Your works be, uh, and if one outweighs the other, you're going to get kicked out of heaven. I mean, I was right there at the door. Man, oh man. That's Catholic, Hollywood, lies. No Bible for that whatsoever. None. There is no Bible for that. I'm going to get into works here in a minute and see if I can't explain some things. So let me talk to you about a couple of these judgments. Go to Matthew chapter number 25. Excuse my voice. I started getting a, a bit of a nasal throat thing yesterday. Matthew chapter number 25. You ever read the Bible and you go like, what time is this talking about? Is this talking about something on earth or is this talking about something? Is this the rapture? Is this the kingdom age? I mean, what? And a lot of people get, that's why the Bible said, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing. You keep studying and let God and others show you where to put scriptures, how to rightly divide the Bible. Matthew chapter 25. I want to talk to you about this judgment of the nations. The judgment of the nations. Watch what happens here. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I'm sorry, I'm not there. And verse number 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of his glory. This is not the rapture. The rapture is when Christians, only Christians born again, have Jesus Christ as Savior, will be snatched out of this earth to go up with the Lord. Nobody will see that. It'll just happen. Bible said in a moment of twinkle of an eye, boom, faster than you can blink, we'll be gone. This says he's coming in all of his glory. Watch what else it says, verse 32. And before him shall gather all nations, and he shall separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. So if you're lost, he's considering you to be a goat. Those that belong to him are always referred to as sheep or children. Watch what happens here. Then shall the king, this is Jesus, say unto them on his right hand, these would be the sheep, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared unto you. We're not, oh, oh, look up here, we are not building the kingdom age. That is not what we're doing right now. Oh, we're here trying to build the kingdom. No, we're not. If we are, we're doing a lousy job. We are not here. I know you hear that on TV and radio and all your best preachers, she and him and whatever. Uh, you're listening to all this and you're thinking, well, we're here to build up the kingdom. There is no Bible for that. Right now, the kingdom of heaven is in the hearts of men. We are getting people ready to leave this place. We're not getting ready to people to settle down here and build this place for Jesus to come back. When we finally get it righteous enough, he'll show up and go, well done. That's not what we're talking about here at all. Watch what he says here in verse 35. Then shall the king said to them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Talking about during that time, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This isn't a last minute draw. This is something God prepared before you and I ever hit this earth, before Adam and Eve were ever here. Now, that's for the saved. Go over to verse number 41. Then shall he say to them on his left hand, these are the people that aren't saved. These are the people who would not receive Christ as Savior. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This judgment takes place upon the earth. Jesus is sitting on his throne in Jerusalem. 
And from there, all nations will come before him, and he shall judge them. That's a judgment the Bible talks about. This will happen at least, this will happen at least, this is called the thousand year reign of Christ, the millennial reign, or there's another name for it, kingdom age. This is the church age, not the kingdom age. The, king, the, 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 the um, kingdom age is coming. So we have the judgment of the nations. That's future. That's future. That's a minimum of a thousand years from now. If the rapture took place right now, at least a thousand years out. Okay? Watch what happens here. Number two, go to Romans 14. Romans chapter number 14. We always say, oh, I don't understand the Bible. I'm trying to explain it now. Are you listening? Now, I could go into great detail about all this, but it, it would take a while. I want to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. So we have the judgment of the nations. Now we run into something called the judgment seat of Christ. Well, that doesn't sound like the same thing, judgment of the nations, judgment seat of Christ. Sounds like by title it's two different things. You know why? It is. Romans chapter 14 and verse number 10. Romans 14 and verse number 10. For why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talking to Christians. Everybody who claims Christ, if you are genuinely saved, you will stand before Christ to be judged. He says here, for we, talking about the saved, shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. What will happen at this judgment? That's a great question. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Haven't you always wondered? People get this mixed up. Well, here it says we need to live right. And here it says uh, that, we, that it's free. Well, over here said we better do this. But over here it says we'll be judged for that. The reason is you're getting all the judgments mixed up. You're not rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's, that's why I keep bringing up all these questions. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. What will happen at the judgment seat of Christ? Chapter number 3, 1 Corinthians verse number, I'm sorry. Yeah, chapter 3, verse 8. Chapter 3, verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given. Now here Paul said, God gave me grace, and I've laid this foundation. Paul is not the foundation. What he did was not the foundation. It's who he laid that upon. It explains itself. Watch. According to the grace of God, which he hath given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another build thereupon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Upon what? The foundation. Watch. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So before you start building this life, you better make sure you have the right foundation. Paul said, as a wise master builder, I told you all this. I told you it was all about Christ. Now I'm going to tell you how to live your life, how to build on that foundation. Paul never claimed to be the foundation. He said that foundation is Jesus Christ. So he's telling people, if you do not build on Christ to begin with, hang it. But even building on Christ, watch what he says. Watch what he says. Verse number 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation, ready? Talking about Christ. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Manifest means brought out in the open. 
for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. Now, when you put gold, silver, wood, hay, stubble, and fire, you, found, you find out its value. You find out what it really is. By the way, that's what they do with gold and silver all the time. They put it in the fire, they put it in the finery, and they come out with 99.999% pure gold. You know how they figured that out? They put it in the fire several times, scrape off all the junk that's there, and now they weigh it and say, this is what you have. The same thing here, judgment and fire are similar, very similar in a lot of places in the Bible. So here he's saying, now if you are a born-again Christian, look at me, if you are a born-again Christian, you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. It has nothing to do with whether you're going to heaven or hell. It has to do with that verse right there. You had the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at what you built that life with. Let's see if it will stand under the judgment of God's word. Not what you make up. Now watch what he says here. Going down, look what happens. Now if any man build there on this foundation, gold, wood, hit, say, stubble, so on and so forth, verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's what? Work. This has nothing to do with heaven and hell. This has to do with those of you that say, I'm a born-again Christian. Please understand that exact statement. You said you are saved. In other words, you have the right foundation. What are you building that new life with? Are you building it with the materials God said, or are you building it with what you thinking? And the Bible said, okay, let me help you. On that judgment day at the judgment seat of Christ, every man's work, not your salvation. You don't work for salvation. That's a free gift. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It's going to be brought out in the open. What have you been building your new life with? Now, hold on. You said, yeah, I'll see there the way, and if I don't weigh up, I'll go to hell. Hold on, hold on. Let's just read the Bible here a minute, okay? Watch what he says. Verse 14. If any man's work abide, okay, we, we matched it up against the word of God. It went through the judgment, and hey, good work. It's according to God's word. Way to go, all right? That he built upon, he shall receive reward. Wait a minute, I just thought we're all going to heaven to be the same. Nope. That would be very unjust, wouldn't it? And God is very just. So he said, every man's work abide, where he build thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, not talking salvation. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Jesus was judged for your sin, and he's the foundation. Your life from there on out is in your obedience and doing what God says. You build the life he gave you, it'll, it'll be okay. It'll last. It'll prove itself in the, judge, in the fire. But if you don't, which is what's happening to a lot of Christians today, I'm saved, but I'm just going to go on with my life. Okay, you're building a life, but during the judgment, it's going to burn. Not just that. Some are going to be saved. Everything they've done after salvation has not amounted to one thing for Christ. But God made you a promise. You're eternally saved. You better be glad he made that promise because most of us haven't been living right, and we all know that. What will happen at this judgment? This is what's going to happen. Judgment of works in the Christian's life for reward. And when I was first saved, I thought, going to heaven, isn't that enough? That doesn't make sense. Wait till I tell you about hell and how there's degrees of punishment. I mean, isn't hell bad enough? Isn't the lake of fire bad enough? 
See, we don't know our Bible. We're making stuff up that reasons with us. So we're going to learn some Bible here this morning. So what happens here is this. Only Christians will be here. At this judgment right here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, only Christians are going to be here. If you're not a Christian, don't worry about this judgment. You're not going to be there. This is for Christians. And how you've lived the life God gave you now that you're saved. This is where you ignore the preacher and start feeling guilty and making excuse for the way you're living. I, I'm very much aware of this. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. By the way, hurt my feelings. Tell me how I'm going to go to heaven. Hurt my feelings all you want to. Tell me how I can escape hell. Somebody tell me what God expects. Quit giving me pablum and making me feel good and then me end up in it. I don't want that. If that's what you want, you're in the wrong church. This is not a judgment for heaven or hell or sins. The Christians, but for their works, what they did or did not do now that they are saved. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20. Again, it's sad. The devil's doing a great job. He's got people actually believing I go to church for entertainment. I go to church for friends. I go to church for the music. I go to church for none of that's right. There's nothing wrong with it if it's done right, but that's not the purpose of church. The purpose for church was to come, believers to come together to learn God's word so we can live the way he wants us to in this world. We have turned it into an age of, I like that guy. I like the way he talks. He's telling you a lie, but you like him because of the way he talks. That doesn't even make sense, does it? The policeman that pulls you over and says, look, you're doing 65. This is a 35-mile-an-hour zone. I don't like you the way you're talking to me. Well, you're still going to pay the bill. Why? Because that's what the law says. So, okay, I'm getting an attitude. Pray for me. Revelation chapter number 20. Now we come to another judgment called the great white throne judgment of God. Understand what it just said, the great, white, absolutely pure. There is nothing going to be accepted here except exactly what's pure. Throne, God Almighty, not Jesus, God Almighty. Watch what he says, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, of whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. I'm telling you right now, all the stars, the planets, heaven itself doesn't want to be here on this day. This is a bad day. Watch what it says. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great. This is talking about the dead dead, those unsaved dead. The dead, small and great, stand before God. And they, watch very carefully, the books, plural. Is that what you're saying? If you have a King James Bible, that's what it says. If you don't, I have no idea what it says. Probably has a picture there or something. I don't know. And the books were open. And another, plural or singular? Singular, book, book was opened. Watch what happens, which is the book of life. So the singular book is the book of life. You follow me? Not the books. The singular book is the book of life. The books, watch what he says. He explains it right here. Watch what he says. And the dead were judged out of the things which are written in the books, books according to their what? Okay, so we were in heaven a minute ago where the Christians were with Jesus Christ and we were not there to judge whether we have eternal life. No, we have the foundation. We're being judged now that we're saved. How are we building this life God gave you? 
now we go to the great white throne judgment where only sinners go and we find out here that they also are being judged according to their works. Not to go to heaven. Neither one of those judgments are for heaven or hell. You're going to stay at the great white throne judgment because you're not saved. That's where you're going to go. You're going to end up right in front of God Almighty of where heaven and earth itself said, I don't want to be here. This is not going to be good. So, verse 13, you're not getting out of this. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and hell were delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, every man according to his works. This has nothing to do with whether you're going to heaven or hell. At the end of this judgment, you're going to hell. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, the book, not the books of works, the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Only the unsaved are here. Oh, I like reading Revelation. It scares me. Didn't scare you enough to get saved. Doesn't scare Christians enough to start living right. There's a judgment coming, not just a judgment, several judgments. So once you have it, here, the judgment for two things. The first thing you want to be judged by is out of the book. Your name is not written there. There is no mistaking. This is the Lamb's book. He knows who is saved and who is not. You cannot, you can fake the preacher. Well, I'm trying to live right, and he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. I'm, I'm not the one taking you to heaven. I'm not the one keeping the books. God's doing that. And there's coming a day when you will face him. And on this day, you don't want to face him. This isn't like going downtown if you get you a real cool lawyer and maybe you can, you can smooth the judge over. It ain't going to work that way. You have nobody to stand there with you. You're by yourself. Standing before God Almighty to answer for yourself. And the first answer you're going to give is this. Why did you not receive my son as your savior? Now just ask yourself a question right now. What excuse do you have for that? I, did, I just don't choose to believe. You're standing before God Almighty, Christ's Father. And you're just, well, I just don't believe that. Who are you talking to? Secondly, works performed as an unsaved sinner. Not to decide whether you're going to be finally good enough to go to heaven or hell. You're going to hell right after this. Now, it talks about hell and death gave up the dead that were in them. You get that part? You see, I don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been in trouble with the law, David, I never have. I'm just letting you know. <coughs> when you first get caught for breaking the law, they don't put you in prison. They put you in jail. They're waiting for judgment. After judgment's determined where you're going. Here, when you die without Christ right now, look up here. You immediately go to hell. But you ain't staying there. That's not the eternal place where unbelievers end up. That's a holding place until judgment day. Great white throne judgment. You will actually be brought up out of hell. That's what it says. If you believe the Bible, that's what it says. Death and hell shall be brought up. Stand before God. Your works will be judged according to what you did, not what others taught you.
talked you into, what you decided, uh, I just don't believe that. No, God said, okay, here's, what, here's, what you, here's what's right, and you didn't do it. And the first thing is, you did not receive Christ as Savior. And then the Bible says that what happens is death and hell be brought up to stand before God. Your mommy's not going to be there. Your wife or husband's not going to be there. You're going to stand for yourself. Your girlfriend's not going to be there. Your wallet's not going to be there. Where you live in Columbus not going to be there. You're going to stand there, the Bible says in another place, naked before God. You have nothing to hide behind anymore. Nothing. And you're going to look at God Almighty on that throne. And he's going to look at you and say, your name's not in the book of my son. That, that's why you're there, by the way. That's not, it's not going to be decided. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the next thing that happens, then they're going to read all of the things you did as an unbelieving sinner. You know this whole thing, you better live and sow your wild oats while you can? I think you ought to stop that right away. Because whether you get saved or not, there is a hotter place in hell for some people than other people. After this judgment, you will be judged according to your word. Oh, you're going to the lake of fire. Now, I don't fully understand this. I just know that the Bible talks about degrees of punishment, how some cities will be held more accountable in judgment than other cities. People, too. When this is finally done, the Bible said, then hell, death and hell. You're not staying in the grave. You better quit believing this fantasy stuff. You're not going to hell, and that's it. No, you're not missing out on standing before God Almighty and talking to him on why you did not receive his son. And then the Bible teaches that you should be cast. What that means is hurled like you would a baseball. The angels of heaven will throw you to a place somewhere in the lake of fire. And you'll be there forever. You ain't getting there. Bad English, right theology. This is not a judgment to decide heaven or hell. This judgment takes place at least a thousand years after the judgment seat of Christ. They're not together. It's not a general judgment. No general judgment, no works, good works outweigh the bad work to decide your eternal destination. You say, well, preacher, what about what's going to judge my sin? It's a good question. We talked about where saved are going to go. We talked about where lost are going to go. We talked about in the future the nations, how they're going to be judged. What about sin? Preacher, what about sin? People sin, you know. About time you admitted that. Sin. Let's talk about the judgment of sin on Calvary. Sin was judged on Calvary. What do you think that was all about? That wasn't to teach you how to live. That wasn't to heal all your sicknesses. Jesus died. He said, for this cause came I into the world. I come to seek and to search and seek that which was lost. I come to save the sinner. The sinner. He died for sinners. So if you do not admit you're a sinner, then evidently you don't believe Jesus had to die for you. Therefore, you go to the great white throne judgment when you die. You understand that? Okay. I'm not trying to win you over as a friend. I'm trying to tell you the truth. So when you stand before God, God will, and you say, I didn't realize that. And God said, you know something? On the 28th of 2023, in the month of October, I heard a preacher down there tell you exactly what you needed to do, why you needed to do it, and where you're going to end up. And in your mind and heart, you simply said, I don't want to hear this. You 
Bible stories. I, I didn't write the Bible. Well, men wrote the Bible. Well, way to go, Einstein. Very good for you. They did. The same thing as this pen writes for me. It doesn't have its own brain and decide what it wants to write. The Bible said holy men of God were moved, wrote the Bible by the Holy Spirit of God. Somebody has told men wrote that. That was your excuse to saying, I don't believe that. I don't have to live that way. Well, it's like gravity. You cannot believe it, but go up on the building and jump off. I promise you, it's still there. You say, I don't believe it. Well, okay, well, put it to the test. Trouble is, when you test this, it's going to be way too late. So what happens about sin? Calvary is where all sin was judged. Calvary is where all sin, let's do be careful. I know, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to quite believe. All sin was, all sin. You know what all means? What about in Greek? What's it mean? How about Hebrew? Hmm, Latin? Hmm, hillbilly? Y'all, y'all. Calvary is where eternal destination is determined. Listen to me. Calvary is where eternal destination is determined. Listen to me. Calvary. He said, preacher, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, God judged Jesus Christ on Calvary for sin. 2,000 years ago, all sin was judged and laid upon Christ, and that place there determines heaven or hell at Calvary. At Calvary. It is what a person individually does with or at that judgment seat called Calvary You're never going to go to the judgment seat of Christ if you do not first find out that judgment on that cross for you, sinner. Everybody in here is a sinner. You're not just kind of not good. You are a sinner. Folks, okay, you may not have done the sins I've committed or people that are in prison. Okay, I got that part. Let me tell you how bad you really are. Your sin of unbelief in Jesus Christ is what's actually going to send you to hell. That. Well, I just haven't made up my mind. Oh, you don't think it's that bad. You do understand he's the only door that gets you out of that situation. And God said, so you don't believe my son? There's only one one place you need to go then. Your decision, not his. We're not weighing up good works, bad works. Your sin was decided way back here on Calvary. When you receive Christ, looking back that way, well, I've never seen Jesus. If you don't get saved, you're never going to see Jesus. And you accept him by faith because God said to. God said you're a sinner. Believe it. Why? God said he's almighty God. He must know. God said my son is the only way through. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you don't call on the name of Jesus, you're going to split hell wide open, man. Do you understand this? This is the reality of Bible. Calvary is where eternal destination is determined, not later on. It is what a person individually does with or at that place. God's judgment on Christ for sin. The judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment is determined at Calvary. You accept Calvary's judgment for your sin, you will end up 
the judgment seat of Christ. However, the Bible says, but after death, the judgment. You ain't getting out of this, Christian. Are you going to heaven? Thank God he made you a promise. And God who cannot lie, we call eternal security. Now that phrase is not in the Bible. But everlasting life, eternal life, those kinds of things are absolutely in the Bible. You're going to stand before God now that you're saved. Whoo, at least I'm safe. Man, at least I'm going to heaven. Then why would God even mention this to begin with? No big deal. See, we've got a lot of Christians now that are just glad they're saved and going on with their natural, sinful, wicked, worldly, I'm not that bad, I don't hurt anybody life. Yes, you did. You did hurt somebody, and you're as wicked as the day is long. Your sin put Jesus on the cross. No, so he didn't die for you. You said, well, hey, he did. So your sin put him on the cross. What do you think that book was about at the Great White Throne Judgment? It was to show your name's not there. There'll be no mistaking. Girls, be quiet. Listen to me. There'll be no mistake. You, you, can't, you can't fudge with God. You, you can't deceive God. You can't, yeah, but I was going to church. It's not by works, my dear friend. Judgment had to do with Calvary. Jesus died in the open so everybody could be saved, and he said everybody has to be saved. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Payment has to be made, and Jesus said, Father, I'll pay it. I'll do it for them. And God said, okie dokie, so to speak. If you will accept my son and his payment, you can go free from sin. Your sin will be forgiven. Now, let's talk about the life you need to live now that you're saved. The life you live now that you're saved has nothing to do with heaven or hell. has nothing to do with great white throne judgment or the judgment seat of Christ. It has to do with rewards. And evidently, Christians don't care about that part anymore. That's why we're living the way we want to. We're becoming so worldly, we stink. We smell like the pig pen. I'm talking about spiritual. We just do. We listen to what they do. We chew what they do. We smoke what they do. We listen to what they do. We dress the way they do. We act, and all that's in church. In church. We have brought the world right into church and said, what's wrong with this? Man, I've had people actually leave here and say, the music didn't do anything for me. I need to find a different church. Church is not the main emphasis. I'm sorry. Music is not the main emphasis. That is how many people pick church for their teenagers, music? I'll tell you what I did with my teenagers. Ah, this is where we're going to church. You said, did they have say something? No. None. This is dictatorship. You know why? God holds me responsible for what I do with the family, with the family he gave me. Well, it's their decision. We'll get into that another day. You refuse Calvary. For your sins, you go to the great white throne judge to be judge of refusing his son and also facing the works that you did. Listen carefully. It is not the judgments to come that will deliver you from your sin. It is not the judgments to come. I don't care if there's 50 of them. It is not the judgments to come that will deliver you from your sins. It is the judgment that took place on Calvary that Jesus died for sin. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took our judgment and penalty owed by us to God and stepped between us and God. And God said, anybody, we read it there in Isaiah chapter 53, anybody that will receive my son, I will forgive them because of him. 
forgiven you because of you. God's forgiven you because of Jesus Christ. And if you're honest, you're going to go, well, I'm glad that's the way it works. All are forgiven. Jesus took our judgment. The whole world is in sin. Each individual is going to have to answer for their own sin. And all are forgiven if they accept the judgment that took place at Calvary. John 3, 16. For God so loved the part of the world. Did I? No, I'm talking about. For God so loved during the time that he lived. That's what I said. For God so loved the... Huh. Question for you. Was he talking about the world that he lived in at that time? Was he talking about, oh, how about my part of the world, my, my timeline? Boy, I hope that's true. If not, I can't be saved. You do understand when Jesus died back here, all of my sins were future. You do understand that? Now, this is the part that gets you. When Jesus died, nobody even knew who I was. Well, you either, but okay? So what happened was, I'm asking you a question. When Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, all of my sins were future. I hadn't even committed them yet. I haven't even been born yet. I'm asking you a question. Did Jesus die for all sins? Hold it. All my sins were future. So when he said he died the whole world, was he talking about the world he lived in at the time? So is he also talking about my world? Okay, you ready for this? What about the future sins now that I am here in this world that I haven't committed yet. He said, well, God doesn't know what that, excuse me, God doesn't know what I'm going to do. So let me get it straight. When Jesus died for you, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll die for all your past sins. I'll die for everything you've already done. Then when Jesus died, I hadn't done anything yet. So here I am now, 2,000 years later, plus a few more years. Here I am over 2,000 years later, and I got saved. Is that possible? All of my sins were future. You mean to tell me he forgave future sins? Okay, now wait a minute. Here I am now, and I'm still, I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm still living. So today when I sin, like you will, and tonight when I sin, like you will, and tomorrow when I sin, like you will, can those be forgiven? Well, wait a minute, those are future. Question, if Jesus didn't die for all sins, then who's going to forgive you of your sins tonight? He's not dying again. God said he's not dying again. Go to Revelation chapter number 13. Revelation chapter number 13, the Bible said he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So let's not just go back to Calvary. Before the world ever began, God already planned Calvary, which was future by 4,000 years. God said, look, I know what's going to happen to man, and my son's going to have to die for them. So from the foundation of the world, God said, my son is going to die for all. Watch, watch, watch up here. I don't know why this is so hard to understand. When Jesus died, his blood for forgiveness went both directions. There is no nobody being saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. Never happened. Adam and Eve were not saved because they were innocent and didn't know any better. Nobody was saved by the law. Nobody saved by going to church. Nobody saved by enduring the tribulation. Nobody is saved by living during the thousand-year reign. There is one way of salvation. 
always has been, always will be. You're listening to the wrong people. You need to get away from charismatic people that do not know their Bible. It's bringing a lot of confusion into your life. And even when I'm explaining it right now, you're going, huh? I never heard that before. We hear it around here all the time. So what happens here is simply this. In Revelation 13, 8, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The promise of a lamb that would be judged to make restitution payment for our sin was done back on Calvary. God said, I'm setting up a payment for everybody one time, Calvary. Your debt has been paid. You, if you would, have to sign the bottom of the bottom. I was talking to John, and uh, I went over there. It's amazing what people, car companies do. When you go to buy a house, they do the same thing there. Here's what, here's what they do all the time. Uh, this is just standard. Sign there. Yeah, uh, this is just standard. Mark here, 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 and sign down here. Uh, this is just standard. And they give you a stack of papers like that and say it's all standard. And you try, okay, okay, okay. And we try to act so smart like, yeah, hey, I know what this is all about. And you signed it. You know, it's, it's like some bills in Congress. Uh, we'll just all agree and we'll figure it out later. How's that working? Now, you'll trust John. I'm not going to point to him because I don't want you to know who he is. But you won't sign if you would at the bottom line and say, Jesus knows what he's doing. God Almighty knows what he's doing. I will simply trust him. I need to be saved. Yeah, but what if, and you never know when, what if I want to, let's start, let's start here. I'm giving you the right. I'm going to sign it right here. I'm giving you my life. There you go. And God says, okie dokie. Now let's get busy. Christians are to live by God's word. In his favor. And do my very best from day to day not to sin. Not for fear I'll lose my salvation. Not in fear of missing heaven. But that I can fellowship with God while I'm here. So that God will be a blessing in my life. And I can be a blessing and bring glory to his life. So that I can attain this. Watch this. All of the good works that God has already got laid out for me. There's a phrase that we use around here a lot of times. The man who walks with God always arrives at his destination. Amen. We're so worried about destination and what's going to happen tomorrow and next year and when retirement. In Christianity, actually in life, the only thing you need to be concerned about is the man who walks with God today. Walk with God. Walk with God. Do what God asks you to do. Just walk along with God. Yeah, but he's God. You understand? He's God. He knows what he's doing. We don't. So the safest thing I can do is make sure I'm walking along with God. Well, I think I am. Stop your thinking. What's the Bible say? God made it real easy. You don't even have to think about it. Just learn. Walk along with him, and as I walk with God, he's going to get me where I need to go. He's God Almighty. I'm bound to end up where I'm supposed to be. 
Again, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about now that I am saved, walking with God. At the great white throne judgment, this judgment is not for heaven or hell. You've got to get that out of your mind. You say, but all sin must be judged. All sin was judged back at Calvary. There will never be another Calvary. So where are your future sins going to be judged at? It has to be that way. Calvary was the judgment for sin. Once only is Jesus ever going to die for you. So if you're ever saved and lost, which is impossible no matter what you believe, but if, you, if that ever happened, you can never be saved again. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go to Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. Folks, I'm trying to clear this up so you can quit running around, so all of us can quit running around going like this. Well, you never know. Well, that's kind of up to God. It's not up to God. God already gave his son and said, this is the way it is. Now the choice is yours. It's up to you. It's not up to God anymore. So you can't blame him. Well, if that's what God wants, no, God said, this is what I want. I want everybody to come to the cross and be saved, have their sins judged, and now go live for me for rewards. That was God's idea. In Romans chapter number 6, Verse 23, gives, and he shall give unto them eternal life. When you get saved, there is a thing called not just life, and you better be good. It's called eternal life. Anything less than eternal at best would be probationary. If you've been on probation, you know what that means. Ladies, don't raise your hands. What that means is your original judgment is still pending. If you live right and work right and do what you're told, this will never happen. You mess up. What was always going to be your judgment is yours now. That's probation. Bible never calls it probation. Bible calls it eternal life. I give unto them eternal life. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, they shall never be condemned. Condemned means judge. You'll never stand before God for the judgment of your sin. Never. Never. You'll never stand before God for the judgment of your sin. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, they have passed from death unto life. Now, unless God's lying, God said, when I receive his son, I passed from, I was going to face death and hell. I passed from that to life. Now, that sounds really good to me because the alternative doesn't sound real good. So I'm going to go to heaven because of what Jesus did, not because of what George Bell is doing. One last set of scriptures and I'm done. You're almost there. Go to Romans chapter number 8. You say, but preacher, what, what about in the future? And, and, and you never know. What about the devil? And, and who knows how life is going to turn out? And what if I die wrong? And oh, God, preacher, I've got all these different questions. Don't ask me. But I'll tell you what the Bible says about it. Here's what the Bible says. Romans 8, starting in verse number 33. You there? you got to see this. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, for those of you with Catholic background, they always thought elect were those super-duper, extra-special. We call them saints. There's no Bible for that. None. The most carnal church in the whole Bible was probably the church at Corinth, and Paul addressed them as saints. Saints isn't because you're super-duper, extra-special. It's because you're saved. God calls you saints. So, watch this very carefully. So, verse 34. So right here he says, who shall lay anything to the charge? Who, who's, who's going to charge you with something? It was God who justified. If God justified, who's going to stand up before him and say, no, he's still guilty? Who's going to do that? Wait a minute, we're not done. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. 
And then he puts in this, yea, rather was risen again, who is even at the right hand of the Father, who also maketh it. So now I have Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father because I've received him as Savior. And I, you, you're telling me somebody's going to condemn me when my Savior is sitting right there next to God Almighty, his Father, and my name's written down in the book of life, and somebody's going to try to condemn me and say I don't belong there or I shouldn't go there? I'm not going there because George Bell's a great guy. I'm going there because God said, you receive my son, you have eternal life. Wait a minute, we're not done. Look at verse number 34. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, that's a great question. Who shall separate us from the, my love for Christ? Is that what your Bible says? My love for Christ. I hope it doesn't say that. If you don't, you get a bad Bible. Or you don't have a Bible at all. The love of Christ. See, it wasn't your love for him that saved you. And I'm glad of that because some days I don't feel like probably I should. Like you folks that are married. As long as everything's going good, we'll stay married. You ain't staying married very long. You're not, of course, David and Chris, you know. Yeah, yeah, it ain't going to happen very quick. It, it's, just, it's just the way that it is. You love because it's right and needed, and that's what you're looking for. Love is something given. Not something received. However, when you sow, you receive. Understand? So watch what he says here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's a great question. Man, I'd like to know. In the future, what can possibly separate? I want to know what that is. I want to avoid it, that's for sure. Shall tribulation? That's a very hard time. How about distress? Persecution? How about famine? How about nakedness? How about pet pearl? A pearl. Peril. How about sword? What if I'm in a war? What if I'm made to do this? What if I find myself in a very uh, perilous situation? What, what about if I'm so distressed or persecuted? Paul said, well, I'll tell you this. It is written, for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's not a big deal. Watch what he said. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conqueror because we love him a lot. See, we don't read Bible. We kind of make, well, that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. Watch what it says. Through him that loved us. It's not your love for him that's keeping you. It's his love for you. God so loved the world. It doesn't say we so loved the world. It said God so loved the world. He's the one that gave. God loved us. You say, well, aren't we supposed to love? See how you keep switching levels and subjects? Yes, you're supposed to. But if you didn't, you lose reward. You could lose a lot of things, but salvation's not one of them. He's talking about who shall separate us. Now watch what he says here. I am persuaded, verse 38, neither death, wow, that's pretty final, nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the, read it very carefully, love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if I'm in Christ, look up here at these props. We pay a lot of money for this stuff. If I'm in Christ, God loves me because of him. That's what that said. And because of that, I am saved. God loves me. I'm in Christ. I'm good to go. I didn't say I was perfect. I didn't say I never sinned. I do. I mess up all the time. I know you feel, oh, you preacher. Yeah, you preacher. You do too. Bible declares a just man falleth seven times yet rises up again. Why would I rise up again? Because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. 
he loves me. I love him because he first loved me. You understand that? Folks, listen to me. Get all the confusion that the world and false religions and people who honestly tried to tell you right and didn't know what they were talking about. You're not one day going to find out if you're going to heaven. If you die without Christ, I can tell you right now where you're going to go. Great white throne judgment. You'll go to hell. You'll be brought up out of there. You'll stand before God Almighty. And then after the book is read, said your name's not on my son's book, then the books of your works are read, and you're going to go to that part of the lake of fire. I, I don't understand all that. I just know that's what the Bible teaches. If you're saved, let's just admit we don't do a lot of things right. We don't. Please don't look at me like that. Okay, how about this? Calling God a liar is a pretty bad sin too, so don't do that. I'm not going to heaven because I'm perfect. I'm going to heaven because I'm trusting in someone who was perfect. I'm not going to heaven because I finally paid for all of my sins. You don't know what I've gone through. That doesn't move God at all. What moves God is his son. And when I'm in Christ, God loves me because of Christ. So, it begs the question, are you saved? Well, I don't know. I just explained it all to you. You're not one day going to be saved or lost. Right now, the foundation is Jesus Christ. Do you Are you building a life on the foundation? If not, don't worry about it. You're not going to heaven. I got a baby there and I promised her. You don't go to heaven because something you promised. You go to heaven. We got ladies all over this church that are going to heaven. They're not going, oh, that's my dad, and, and we have a love that will never end. It's going to end as soon as you die because you ain't going. You say, preacher, you're just mean. No, I'm factual and Bible. There's a big difference. Yeah, I do care about you. I wouldn't be trying to tell you the truth. What, what, how would you feel about somebody who told you you were really a good person and don't you worry about it and you end up in hell? Is that, is that a good guy? Would, would you like him because he had a nice voice and, and a good personality? Look, I normally have a lousy voice, and my personality could use a lot of work. I agree with that. What's that got to do with the truth? Are you saved? Why are you even here? Well, somebody invited me. You thought that was all there was to it? You heard truth this morning. Now you're accountable for that truth. You will answer to God for the truth you just heard. decided someday heaven and hell is decided for you at Calvary already been done already been accomplished it is finished nothing added to it nothing taken from it you keep making excuse that you think you're alright you just don't believe it that way my dear friend you listen to me listen to me carefully the world has caused the confusion the devil has caused the confusion. God has made it very clear. When a person doesn't get saved, you have nobody to blame for even standing before God. You have no excuse. Nature itself, not mother nature, no such animal. The God of nature said, even my eternal glory and Godhead is clearly seen in nature. You've been taught not to see it in nature. God says it's all around you all the time. Birth of a child is something God did. Uh, it's a tissue. You're stupid. 
you have been taught to be stupid. You have been taught to think foolishly. So now we're just murdering tissue? Is that what we're doing? Do you know how much God loves you? sidestep that and say I don't understand you're lying to yourself you're making excuses because you don't want to live for Jesus right now I'll get right there can I straighten up one more myth before I stop nobody comes to Christ when they're ready you will come to Christ when he calls you or you're not coming then you could say some goodness in me I've been searching for the Lord you may have been searching for truth, happiness, a lot of but you didn't know it was in Jesus until God showed you that so I knew that since I was a little kid you didn't come out of your mother's womb thinking that somebody had to teach you you understand that if you're not saved if I were you I'll give you the best advice I could give anybody among everything else truth life said I would run toward God I don't know how to pray and I don't know what to say I didn't either Quit making excuse for yourself. We think you got to fold your hands just right, count so many beads, do so many Hail Marys, give so much sacrifice, eat a wafer off of some guy's dirty hands or something. Is that what you think this is all about? I wasn't raised in church. My brother just stood up and did this. How did I know I was supposed to go to an altar? I didn't even know that was called an altar. Look like steps to me. I never prayed before. I, I, what, what am I supposed to say? But I knew this much. Jesus, I'm sorry. 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 Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Now you say, preacher, that doesn't sound like much of a prayer. The Bible said, with the heart, a man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confess. I was confessing. I was sorry. And he, I need to be saved. That's it. But from here, I was speaking volumes, man. And God saved me that day. Knew no Bible, family didn't go to church when we were little. We didn't know any of that kind of stuff. And Jesus reached down his hand for a filthy sinner. Same as you. Same as you. All have sinned. And he saved me over 51 years ago. So right now, George Bell is not going to heaven because I'm a good guy trying to live right. I'm going to heaven because of him, and I'm trying to live right because of him. I'm not trying to live right. I'm trying to live right because of the grace of God. Are you saved? If I were to ask you right now, what Bible would you tell me? What would you tell me about the day you got saved? Well, preacher, I was baptized. You know how many people say that? Were you saved? Well, I was baptized. Immediately, I just go like this. They either aren't saved or have no idea what they just said. See that baptistry right there? Nobody gets saved by getting baptized. There's no special water in there. Nothing in the Bible says receive Christ and get baptized. Oh, you're thinking of Acts 2.38, but that's not. You can answer that. There's too many people here. See, I, I, I got saved in a church that didn't believe in Jesus. I know all their arguments. I know what they talk about. None of it's true. And I'm asking you, if Jesus looked at you right now, look at me, and said, What excuse would you make? 
Oh, well, well, it's all according. Excuse me. Are you saved? If you stood before God Almighty and he said, your name's not in my son's book, what excuse do you have? I'm not mad. By the way, I haven't asked you to be a Baptist. I haven't asked you to be a baptized. I haven't asked you to change your life. I'm talking to you about living for Jesus Christ. Christians need to get back to living for Jesus, not so they can make sure they go to heaven, but because they're going to heaven, I want to build right the way you must build. Are you saved? Let's bow our heads real quick. Father.